Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 45. How did we get to 45? How did this happen? <laughs> yeah, it's funny what consistency can do. Yeah, just every week, chew through it. Amazing. What other things could I be doing every day that would lead to such monument? Like if I made a, I don't know, a nice YouTube video once a week in the same schedule. I'd have 45 YouTube videos by now. If I shipped one marketing product every week for the last 45 weeks, I'd have 45 different marketing channels. Like one of those would have done really well. If I launched a new tiny SaaS app, once a week and i have 45 of them that's it's uh yeah consistency is amazing what did you get up to this last week um this last week i went on a sort of vacation uh, my kids had fall break and so we went to my parents house which is five hours away um it was good it was a good break from things uh, my dad was turning 70 so that was nice got to see him turn 70 and uh yeah so it was it was good it was very clarifying i didn't get you know much actual work done but i had five hours in a car there and back to think about things uh yeah and that's uh, that's what i got up to turning 70 that's that's some consistency right there consistently right. living for 70 years that's that's really cool uh five hours for a road trip i also went on a road trip uh just a, a two-hour thing there and back on a day trip and found like 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 you're saying it's it's a very good medium for thinking in unlike the the trip i took to europe which was i think a little too exciting to get some deeper thinking done there's something about a road trip of like it's routine enough and it's in a familiar enough area you're not gonna get excited by oh it's another mcdonald's next to a walmart on the side of the road and it's like we gotta go there you you have time to sort of sit and, and bask in your own thoughts uh, i'm reminded of in raising kids there's a, a movement i've gotten tuned into talking about the importance of letting your kids be bored then mm -hmm. we have so many entertaining gadgets and you can just toss them a, a $50 cell phone and they, they can be entertained for the next 20 years. Uh, it, it's you, you sort of have to purposefully create these environments where the, the kids can be bored. And uh, a recurring insight that I have is things that are good for children are also very good for me. So I'm excited that you had these uh, 10 hours of mental health boredom to be able to think about things. Uh, lay it on me. What, what were some of your takeaways? What are some of your insights from this? 10 hour meditation yeah so um some of it is how effective uh ipads are uh, because yes you give your kid the ipad and they're quiet in the back seat um <laughs> sure uh but yeah um some of it is uh, so we had just talked about focus right and do i want to focus and on what and i rem remembered an old project the sas i built in a week acorn chat and mm. it i never actually tested fully tested the experiment that i was trying to do which is if you get it into the slack app store then how much organic traffic do you get? Do you get any signups? That kind of thing. I went almost all the way to that goal and then never got there. And so while I, I think you're totally right. I should focus on meeting place. I can talk about that more as well, but I want to finish that experiment first um, mm. because um, I'm just really curious basically. So yeah. Mm. And, and there's lots of things about acorn chat that would be nice if it actually, you know, started picking up steam. Um, it's B2B it's, you know, probably low touch, that kind of thing. So I have written down the list of things I need to do before it's ready for the Slack app store. There's not, very many things um some of a lot of it is like writing documentation um and writing a marketing site that is more than just uh one page long you know like that, that actually says what it does um so a lot of this documentation kind of things and then yeah get it in the app store and then that experiment i will uh say is done and i can you know wait a few weeks or a month to see what the results are so yeah so i, th I think the thing i'm focused on this week is getting acorn chat to a point where i can put it in the slack app store and i don't even know what the process for that is so i'll have to learn that um Along with, I have to start two more labs for my master's, uh, so I have to sort of tick tock between those things. But yeah, that that is my focus for this week. 
stopping right before launching it on the Slack app store. First of all, it's not something I realized you had done. I, I, yeah. uh, I feel like I'm a bad friend. I should have pushed you to, to do that. Uh, and also is just the classic thing that I do with projects like this. Of, I feel like as soon as I can see the end of it, I lose mm -hmm. interest. Uh, I, I took some classes in stand-up comedy a, a couple of years ago. Uh, and it was really interesting and really engaging for the, the first part of it. And I was just devoting everything I had to it and getting all these books and everything. And I got to the point where I had my first, they call it a tight five. You have, you have five minutes of compressed material where there's not a lot of downtime between it. And it's mostly funny jokes. And performing that, it wasn't great, but it was pretty good. It was, it was decently funny. And I went through the process of doing it and I could see the next several steps of like, oh man, to get this to a, a really tight five or to, to have a tight 10 or to be able to, you know, do my own show. Like this is what the process will look like. I would just need to be doing it more. And I can see each of these goalposts. And I remember feeling just like, eh, what's, what's the next thing to do? Uh, once I can like see over the hill of, oh, this is the thing that would bring me the work and I know what the work is. I would just need to, to repeatedly execute on this. Uh, there, there have been a lot of products that I just completely lose interest in. Does that resonate with Acorn Chat? What, what do you think? I'm, I'm really interested in that moment of like, you knew what the right thing to do was, you, you had the plan going up to that, but didn't follow through on it. What, what do you think happened there? Yeah, so for, first of all, the uh, doing things until you can see like the end goal or like the end, you know, results or whatever, like, and then being disinterested after that. I, I do that all the time as well. <laughs> uh, same thing. Um, with Acorn Chat, I think what happened, I can't quite remember, but I did it for a week on Twitter. And then I think the next week I had something planned. It was either I was going away or I was doing, like, I don't remember, it's, but something disrupted my flow the next week. Um, and after that, I just never picked it up again. And that was it. Like, I, I, my goal was to launch it so that someone could pay me and it worked. And those were, the, I accomplished those two things. But my real goal was this experiment about the Slack app store. Um, which I, which I never accomplished because yeah, it, it, my flow got disrupted and then I, and then I never went back to it. So, uh, yeah, I want to go back to it. Wonderful. I'm, I'm especially curious about that marketing channel in particular, because that's what we were talking about last week with, uh, file inbox of my experiments and getting those on different app stores. Um, seems like you get a lot of benefit just by getting it on the app store that they take care of the marketing for you as long as you do whatever their checklist is of you gotta have a terms and conditions and you gotta have a screenshot here and you, you get a little boost if you have a video tutorial instead of the photo which you could knock out of the park um that then you just don't have to think about it again it's, it's sort of a microcosm of seo where you have interested buyers who can get your thing with one click and they're they're ready to buy and they've already proven that they're ready to buy and otherwise they they wouldn't be in the store um i, I have high hopes for it and I'll be paying special attention to this because I'm, I'm looking at doing something really similar. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's basically like buying AdWords except it's free, right? Cause people are yeah. super high intent. They're like, if they're looking for a thing on the app store, they're probably going to install it. And yeah, so, yeah. um, yeah, super high intent. Yeah. And I will, I will publish all our results on, uh, on this podcast. So Exciting. stay tuned. Yeah. I think the only downside that I see to this method of marketing of going in, uh, app stores for different platforms is, I think the classic thing that happens is the platform steals your features and builds them into the product. But yeah. I, 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 how, how are you thinking about that for Acorn Chat? Does that seem like that, that seems really tangential to, to what Slack's main business? Yeah. Is? So that sometimes happens. Um, but, but 
this is yeah totally tangential to, to slack's main main core, core thing um and also like so uh what commenter talks about this sometimes how startups like they worry about competitors mm. and out of all of their their thing their companies that they funded they say like one kiko calendar was the one that was killed by a competitor because google oh. made google calendar right and that uh, killed kiko but then they went on to make justin tv which made twitch which sold for a billion dollars right so oh, like yeah cool so don't don't be worried about competitors basically the thing that kills startups is people stop working on them that's what kills yeah. them so yeah don't be worried about competitors worry about stopping which is exactly what i did with acorn chat so i need to get it past the finish line that you know that that finish line at least uh, yeah that makes perfect sense one more note on uh worrying about competitors the the classic case that i see this all the time especially in hacker news is for uh native mac apps for things like alfred the hmm. uh search widget thing when Alfred first came out, I, th I think this is like six or seven years old now. It was revolutionary and it, it could search your whole hard drive and ah, oh, amazing. It's a quick app launcher. And then Spotlight came out. I think that the order was right. Or maybe maybe Spotlight existed, but then Alfred built features on top of it. But uh, in either case, over the years, Spotlight has just been eating away at the feature set of Alfred uh, that now Spotlight can do quick app launching. And now Spotlight can... Uh, go to preference panes, I think, when Alfred could also. But the advantage that Alfred has over Spotlight is Alfred does not have to be a tool for everyone that has Mac. Alfred can be a tool for power users. It can be a tool for developers. It can dig in much deeper and have a much richer ecosystem that, like, even if the platform you're on totally steals your feature set, they, they well, no, they can't. They, they like... <laughs> If, if they try to copy it at a surface level, they're, they're only going to be able to copy the features that make sense for everyone because as the platform, they have to appeal to everyone. They, they have a much broader scope. Whereas you, making a plugin for this thing, you can narrow down and drill down much deeper into, you know, um, my, my customer base is not people who use Slack. It's people who use Slack who have a website, who want live customer support, who want one of those chat widgets, but want to be able to connect to Slack. Like that is such a smaller segment of the Slack users that... Uh, I, I can't imagine Slack ever going after them. And if they did, like investors to Slack would be like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've lost your focus. This, this does not make sense for you to, to invest time in. Right. Um, neat. And, and to be clear, like there's already like, I counted like 30 or so competitors that already do almost this exact same thing. Like mm. there's already a lot of people that do it. And so part of my experiment is what happens when you launch a very, you know, in a very crowded marketplace. Um, yeah. I actually think it's a good thing in this case because I know I know like exactly what people want because there's already been a bunch of people that made it, and so I actually, I actually think it's it's kind of a good thing that the pie is really big and so it doesn't matter that there's 30 people vying for the pie. Yeah, love it. Yeah, even in the case where there's there's other people competing with you in the app store, that's a positive market signal. That means okay, you don't have to invent this need from scratch. Uh, if you just do something a little bit better for some segment of people, if you're focused on you know. Uh, animal trainers who use slack who do this thing like if you're the tool that animal trainers on slack use for this uh you can really nail that use case and nailing the use case doesn't have to be that crazy it, it can just be you do one thing better or you you integrate with this thing better or, you know you have an icon that looks like an animal and it's easier for them to find it or uh you're marketing outside of the app store to, to people in this market like yeah i i used to get so in my head about things like this of if I had an idea and found one other person who was doing something remotely similar to it, I would just get so discouraged and think, ah, there's, there's no use in me working on anything ever again. It's, uh, I've, I've come to see that totally differently. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, can you talk me through, uh, th this is, this is what I would like 
uh, you to do for me if I was in a similar uh, position. Uh, can you talk me through what the work is going to look like to get it on the Slack app store? You, you skimmed over a few things of like uh, getting it ready for the store and, and things that had to happen with that. Uh, would it help you to, to dig more into that minutia of exactly what the steps are and set a timeline for yourself? Sure, yeah. So timeline's a little tricky because I have to start my labs for my master's. So my goal is I, I would do it in one week, but I think it'll take two or three because of that. Um, so here's what I have to do. There are a couple features left, which I know are going to be required in order to be just competitive with the other the things that are on the App Store. So mm-hmm. um, it is it, things like uh, it has to be customizable in a, in a couple different ways. It, part of my whole premise was that if you went offline, then you could choose whether it just didn't show up on your at, uh, website or if it went to like collecting email addresses instead. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that today. <laughs> so I have to do that. that. That's like one of my core thoughts about the whole thing. Um, and so, and then there's a couple of minor feature things. Um, those should, those should take a couple of days. Next is general onboarding. Right now it's super rough because it's just like I did exactly the minimal thing that would work. Um, but if people are actually going to visit it with the intent to buy, then I want the onboarding to be a little bit better. So change the onboarding a little. Next, it, and then uh, marketing. So um, right now the front page is super, super basic. I want like some screenshots, like what it actually does, what you can expect, that kind of stuff. So like people know what they're doing before they click the actual, you know, like sign up button. Um, and then the last one is, um, what is it? Documentation. So like documentation can serve as marketing. So if you have docs as like a public, I, I've, I've heard this before, uh, it's come up on Twitter a couple of times that docs is like one of the main drivers to the sign up button. Um, people check out the docs a lot to see like what your thing actually does before they click sign up. Um, and then it can also reduce support load if you, you know, supply documentation links in the proper spaces in the app. So those are the big things. A couple of features, um, marketing website, docs, and uh, whatever the last one, <laughs> the fourth one was that I said. Um, and then get it in the app store, which I think will probably take, I, I don't I don't even know. I don't, I don't know if it'll take a day or two weeks. I don't know the process yet. So learning about the Slack app store. Cool. Um, learning about the Slack app store, public documentation, having it as marketing. I, I love that idea that documentation can be marketing because, yeah, I do that when I sign up for things. Uh, and that's something very lacking from File Inbox right now. Um, smoothing out the marketing homepage, uh, smoothing out the onboarding, and then adding uh, customizability f- features, specifically a, a toggle that you can say, hide this when I'm offline. Uh, is that right? Yep, that's it. Cool. Uh, in in three weeks, uh, what 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 would help you to make sure this happens? Like, there's no there's no fire. There's no one saying that you have to get this done. It sounds like you're excited about it right now and uh, coming off of the road trip. Um, this is the part that I usually struggle with. Is like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll work on it for a couple hours uh, on the most exciting thing. Which, looking at this menu for me, I'd be like, ooh, I want to make the feature of hiding when it's offline. Uh, would probably be the most effective from a business standpoint to look at like what are the actual things that I need to do to to get this on the app store. Um, thinking about how we can help future Chris to get this done uh, as close to that three week timeline as possible. What what do you think would be the most helpful? It's probably so. I got to this point by thinking about the experiments that we talked about like last week and the week before mm-hmm. because this was an experiment I never finished. So probably the most effective thing is writing down like exactly what I, you know, like those four steps and what I think will happen at each four steps. And then yeah. like writing the whole thing as an experiment um, would probably be the most effective. So after this, 
podcast call, I should probably like write down exactly what my timeline is and what I want to do and what my hypothesis is and what success and failure look like. And then, you know, stick that next to my monitor and that yes. will probably be the most effective thing. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I used to look at that so disparagingly of like, this person has a sticky note on the monitor. <laughs> what a, what a simpleton. Uh, but there really is something to that. of just, you're reminded of it then. 10,000 times a day. Every time you just glance over, like, oh, yes, of course. Then let me let me get back on track. And otherwise, the engineers at Facebook and YouTube win because they're dumping hours and hours of energy and money into trying to figure out how to suck my attention away from me. And so if I just have something there that can be as simple as a sticky note or an experiment sheet pulling me back uh, in the direction of like, oh, no, this this is the path that I wanted to be on. And if it's not, okay, take it off and write a new sticky note then. Um, that's a thing to help level the, the playing field. Um, so I, yeah, good. Okay. This, this was, I'm reminded of a, a app that came out on or it, it was, uh, announced on Hacker News last week that it's like, a. my understanding of it, it's a, is that it's a self-paced course on dealing with ADD. Hmm. And I went through the first lesson of it and uh, said something very similar of like, okay, this is the next step you need to do. You need to develop a habit so that you're opening this app every day. And to remind you of it, put a sticky note up on your monitor. And I did that. I, I did the first lesson four days ago. And I remember thinking in the moment, a sticky note on my monitor, that's dumb. I don't need that. I'll just remember <laughs> to do it. And nope. it's been four days since then. And I have not done it a second time. Uh, so yes, it would be good for me to invest in some. <laughs> sticky notes i part of this is like i feel so guilty that i need this <laughs> like i feel like as a, as a competent human being i do my taxes and I, I i grocery shop and cook for myself i feel like i don't i don't need that sort of thing but yeah i think merely the act of writing down what the next steps are and having something to pull you back of like oh yes this is the goal that i'm trying to get done uh that that's an effective step that is the difference between getting stuff done and, and not getting stuff done. So, okay. Yeah. That, that feels good for my end. Is that, does it seem like if you wrote those things down and uh, stuck it up on your wall or on your monitor that uh, this, this can get done? It's, what, what other potential resistance do you, do you foresee? Um, YouTube, right. <laughs> Just like you talked about. Um, yeah. Also, if you ask me about it next time, then I'm sure I would, uh, have, that would raise my chances of actually <laughs> doing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I also, this is getting something on Slack app store is an experiment I've wanted to run for a while. And so I have several background tasks that are like, what would happen if you get something, you know, in the app store, I, I've had something in the Jira app store before, um, which worked out pretty well. And so I think the Slack app store would too. And so, um, it's, it's it kind of is reframing it from like a, you will make money if you do this thing to like, you will learn new things if you do this mm -hmm. thing, which is actually a stronger motivation for me in, in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, if I, just think in my head, you're going to learn a bunch. Just mm. just do this couple weeks of work and, and you'll have that knowledge for the rest of your life, right? Um, that's an interesting way to reframe it. Cool. I like that. Yeah, that feels tractable and resonates with me too. The It feels like more of a more of an internal motivation of if, if the work that I'm doing is to perform an experiment, that's something that I'm in complete control of versus if my goal is to get as many downloads from the app store, that, that could get discouraging very quickly if I just set unreasonable expectations but you know i i can succeed at performing an experiment no matter what happens um cool cool that looks good uh i think you mentioned also that the the i was correct in that you should focus on meeting place uh yep. can, can we square that circle let's uh, <laughs> what, what does that look like 
Yes, I need to focus on meeting place, which means I need to go off and do three weeks worth of Acorn Chat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> classic, classic yep. makers dev right there. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like I was talking about this, you know, like what should I do? What should I do? And like meeting place is a thing that works now. It doesn't work very well, but it works, right? In terms of making me money, right? It works to do the thing I says it says it does. And so, yeah, what? I, I like the people I interact with on there. Why, why don't I just, you know, so it's something I know I can do for the long term. Why don't I just do the things I know would make it more successful? Um, and I, I didn't have a great answer for that. And so, yeah, I'm going to do s- some more of that. I hadn't worked on it for a while. Um, and this last week I fixed several bugs, which are, which were plaguing me for a long time. Um, the next biggest thing is I want to convert it from bootstrap to tailwind. Uh, and I want to do that for me. It makes no business sense, but I want to do it. <laughs> right. Yep. And so I've started that, I started that process as well. And that was before I decided to refocus on acorn chat. So I now again have competing, you know, priorities. Um, that that's one of the reasons I want to finish the acorn chat stuff. And so I have fewer competing priorities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, it's just your, your slight push was a, a reinvigoration of the, of the things I already knew I liked about meeting place. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to focus on that. Um, more i think that's a good direction to be aimed uh it 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 does make sense to me to get rid of the distraction of acorn chat to work on the next thing however uh i'm sensing something that has been plaguing me for the last seven years which is my top priority has been file inbox which means every time i write a list of priorities it has consistently been number three and has never gotten worked on. Yes. And just so many other things of whatever the shiny new thing is for, for positions one and two, I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just get rid of these distractions first. And then I can focus on file inbox. And I've come to start to think of that as like, I think I need something big and looming and important. That's more important than the things I actually need to get done to motivate me to like do those things. And if that's the role that file inbox is playing in my life, like, okay, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, but maybe in the moment that I admit that that's what's going on, it, that that trick will stop working. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm curious how you're framing that. Of like, is this you know when, when I'm talking to you three weeks from today, it sounds like the picture that we're painting is like you have performed this experiment, you've got an Acorn chat on the Slack app store, uh, it, it you've noticed an uptick in uh, the number of signups for that, um, and you're just going to let that sit for a while. Uh, while you bring your full attention back to meeting place. Uh, And the way that this would go for me uh, is that I would spend a week on Acorn Chat doing the most exciting things, which would be making the customizability feature. And I'd spend three hours on a nice little animated tailwind button that toggled it back and forth and like made a little animation when <laughs> completely needless when you toggle this so that it happened live and like zoop down and zoop back up and uh and then i would come up with a new idea of a new thing to work on uh a week from now and then that would be the new focus and the story i would tell myself is like well after i do this other thing oh and also i need to get a quinchet back on the slack app store uh then i can focus on meeting place uh i don't know if that's what's gonna happen in this case uh but I I don't know. It's it's do, does that sound familiar and are, are there even if that's not a thing that you think is going to happen with you. Uh that's what would happen with me and I would love 
your advice on how I could stop myself from doing that. <laughs> uh, or if there's even a problem, maybe maybe like the role that Meeting Place is playing in your life is similar. Like it's it's motivating you to, to get other things done. Uh, how are you framing all that? Uh, yeah, I I give a high chance, uh, a high probability that that is exactly what will happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so part of what I was thinking about on the road trip was like, I have to be okay with stuff like that. Um, otherwise, you know, because that's how I operate. Um, so I can say all this stuff. Um, but I have to still, you know, plan for things to go the way I expect them to go. And so mm-hmm. I think things will be better if I focus on Anchor Chat and then focus on Meeting Place. Like, I think that, that is what I think right now will be better. Mm-hmm. But in the moment, I'm sure I will come up with great excuses for why I do what I do. And I just have to be, I have to be okay with myself, you know, like operating like that. I have to like... <laughs> Uh, otherwise i'll go crazy you know mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I i don't have any good ideas about how to prevent that or, or or anything like that um you know accountability helps so this podcast helps a little bit putting a sticky note on your monitor that helps some right mm-hmm. um but some of it is just like i'm doing okay now and i've operated this way my whole professional career so yeah. i will do okay in the future and so i can tell myself what i want to do and and i just have to you know give myself some grace and <laughs> operating the way i'm going to operate ah what a, what a message of forgiveness. I feel like I'm being especially hard on you this week because I got nothing <laughs> done last week. I <laughs> nothing, nothing material. I got a lot of yeah. like spiritual work done. Uh, so I felt like you were talking directly to me there and uh, it feels good. Yeah, it's okay that, that this is how I operate. Uh, it has pros and it has cons. And like one of the cons is that it's very unpredictable what will get done, uh, but stuff will get done and I'll have a great time doing it. Uh yeah okay good um i guess this is a good time to pivot into into some of the insights that i had this last week i also went on a road trip and uh i i went on it in the middle of this funk of uh i i had uh therapy with sarah the day before and uh the the opening line our therapist gives us in the beginning of every session is uh so how are we feeling and I have been working on answering that question non-reflexively instead of saying like, ah, I'm great. I'm, I'm doing fine. How, how are you? Uh, trying to focus on like, how am I actually feeling? What, what, are, what are the actual feelings I'm feeling? And digging a little deeper. And I answer the question by saying, I feel very unmotivated. And I did. I just, the, the, earlier that day or the, the day before, I had just drug myself through uh, getting through emails and it was a lot of really exciting emails and a lot of people reaching out about cliffs.marketing and uh, a lot of opportunities. And I have a, an email sitting in there uh, waiting for me to push it forward for the next step of my personal assistant. And I just felt like I wanted to do anything else that like, I just could not get myself to do it. And I, I forced myself to, I, I set a timer and I have the whole Pomodoro system and like got down to the, the end of the inbox and set a timer for 25 minutes and got through the slug of emails and then did a little celebration at the end. And like, I was able to do it, but I just felt like, oh, this, I don't want to live if this is, is what living is like. Uh, so that, that, that was the feeling that I was struggling with going into this road trip. And then on the road trip, I had a lot of the moments you're describing of like this sort of Zen prolonged meditation of like, this is, this is engaging enough that I'm not looking for other ways to get distracted i'm not being pulled to listen to podcasts or watch youtube videos uh but boring enough that i can still percolate and and think about other things of what i want to be doing in work and in life and uh all, all sorts of those things and ended that road trip feeling 
not more motivated, but just like clearer of like, oh, I really like walking around places. And uh, it, it's it's very uh, enlivening for me to, to take pictures of beautiful places. And so the next day I uh, had to go to my parents' house, which is, uh, it's a 25 minute drive away. Uh, Cause I have my old car there that I need to bring to my house so that I can uh, clean it out. And then I'm gonna try starting to rent it out on Turo. And so the obvious thing to do is, oh, I'll just get an Uber. It'll be whatever, $30. And uh, then I'll drive back and it'll take, you know, an hour total. And instead, when I opened up my Google Maps app, I, it was on walking directions. And it said, it's gonna take four hours to get to your parents' house. And I thought, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's so much longer. But um, it's a beautiful day. And coming off of this road trip, walking around, I had a great experience and that felt like enlivening and rejuvenating. You know what? Let's walk. Let's walk to my parents. So I did. And it ended up taking six hours and was just delightful and was like recharging. And I, I, I ended that day feeling so jazzed about everything and having several ideas for like, oh, here's how I can push these six projects forward. And like, oh man, and here's how I'd like to spend this week. I'd like to spend this much time on this thing. And then, ooh, I can slip in this thing about this thing. And oh, here's another little project I can slip in there by just having a tweet about it. Um, last week, I feel like our, our main focus was talking about how to, how to better systematize like, I love this idea of experiments and it, it feels like experiments are in, in this context of how can I better set my direction and it feels like doing things like going on a road trip or going for a walk are not the steering wheel of motivation it's like the gas pedal of motivation it's like if you want to go faster focus on this much harder to focus on abstract like how do you feel about stuff and how can you how can you feel better uh and and feel more motivated and i feel like going on this super long walk yesterday was a really effective way to do that that like woke up this morning, just, I, I uh, edited this video for two hours and felt like I was in flow the whole time. And uh, now I'm looking at the rest of the day, just thinking like, oh man, I could, I could do, you know, six other things today uh, and just feel great about the day. So uh, that, that was my little insight about uh, motivation and work. I think I'd, I'd like to get much better at, um, my, my therapist has called it self-soothing, this idea of like noticing when I'm in a funk and being able to more accurately identify the types of things that can, uh, without sounding too hokey, like nurture me at a spiritual level, uh, getting getting better at when when the problem is that there's no motivation, thinking about like what are the things that help me feel more motivated and, and inspired, uh, and so I can add uh, a ridiculously long walk to the list of things that can do that for me. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we've said it on this podcast before, but it, it, I have to remind myself of this all the time, which is like, you will be so much more productive if you sleep well and eat well yeah. and drink enough water and yeah. get enough exercise. Um, and this is a similar thing, you know, you, like going on a six hour long walk sounds like you just lost six hours of productivity, but you actually gained, you know, like infinite percentage or whatever. Um, <laughs> cause you were, you know, you maybe, you know, not feeling so motivated and now you're super motivated. Right. Yeah, it's it's something that I have to do better at all the time. Um, like, even stuff like I, for a while at the start of the pandemic, I went for a walk every single day, and that helped a lot. And then uh, for some reason, I stopped doing that. And I think uh, you know that's one thing I should probably start doing again. Um, but it's something that feels really 
it feels really bad to get started but like as soon as i'm two minutes in i feel really good right mm. but it's just that activation energy that's just um is really hard so going for a six hour long walk is is an interesting way to combat that right <laughs> uh um, but yeah, I, th I think it's neat now that you have, you know, one more thing in your arsenal and one more data point for, you know, walking makes me feel good. So, um, yeah, it, it makes me want to take a walk after this podcast. Cool. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of the adage that if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate, you need to meditate for an hour. Uh, <laughs> that, like to, to take six hours and take a walk was a conscious choice that did feel sometimes like oh man i'm i'm wasting six hours but the alternative to that is not that i would be working for those six hours the alternative to that is like i'd have some false starts to getting work done and then i'd end up spending four hours on youtube in little five minute chunks so that's i'd, I'd really like to get better at, at that like being able to forecast how based on my current trajectory like how consciously can i spend this chunk of time coming up and uh, can I, instead of, instead of eating candy of just watching little 30 second TikToks, can I instead make a healthier choice of stringing all that time together to do something that would feel more meaningful and more nurturing and like actually be energizing? Because, you know, at the end of, at the end of an hour of watching TikToks, my brain just feels fried. I feel like I have no attention span left and my brain has just been drenched in dopamine, but I also feel really bad and gross and unproductive. Like I haven't actually done anything and that I've just been consuming stuff. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do more things that focus me on longer term. Like I, I think I'd like to be asking myself the question, like on the scale of a year, am I going to look back at the time that I'm spending right now as a positive or a negative? And I think for things like TikTok and YouTube, no, I'm going to be looking at those like, this is bad. And for things like going on a six hour walk, okay, well, six hours in the context of a year, it's nothing. Uh, I think at the end of the year, if I was looking back at that, I'd say, yes, wow. Can I do that 10 more times? Can I, can I rejuvenate myself, you know, on a weekly basis in this way? Um, that, that feels like moving in the direction of living more, purposefully and, and uh in a, in a healthier way yeah something with that something that i struggle with too and i don't have a great answer other than force yourself to do it i guess which sounds bad <laughs> but like yeah you, you gotta do it sometimes yeah it feels like we're we're both making meaningful incremental progress uh through just talking about it, it feels good um one of the insights that i had uh that wasn't, it wasn't insightful in that it was like new information. It was just sort of interesting how I was feeling about it. Um, I, uh, Dropbox had this deadline that I think I talked about this where uh, I had to implement this uh, OAuth thing or else my OAuth system would break. They're, mm -hmm. they're uh, getting rid of long lived OAuth tokens and instead having refresh tokens, which like, I don't understand why, like, what's the difference? They're both two numbers. Why it's just two steps if it's a refresh token and it's one step if it's a long lived token. I, I, don't I, can, I can explain the difference, but it probably doesn't matter for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to uh, right after, because this is actually a question I have. I, just, I still don't know how OAuth works. It's such a core thing of what I keep doing. Uh, anyway, so I uh, sent them an email just sort of as a Hail Mary two days before the deadline and was like, hey, I have not done this yet. Could I please have a one month extension? 
And they replied back and said, oh yeah, you can have till the end of the year. So I have a very clear date now of like, this is a really good date to look at as the deadline for me to do the serverless transition. So that the emotional insight that I had on this is like, oh, I actually feel really excited about this because that's that's a long enough time that I can definitely get this done. And it's a short amount of time, a short enough amount of time that there's urgency to it. I, I can't get distracted in working on other things. Uh, and so the serverless transition is the thing I've wanted to do for years. Uh, that now feels very clear and uh, after getting rejuvenated by this walk uh, feels like something I'm, I'm really excited about again. Uh, so we're going to get some sticky notes. We're going to put them up. I'm going to make a timeline of exactly what needs to happen and uh, it's going to get done. <laughs> and uh, it, it feels good is, is what the main insight was like this. It feels like a very manageable bite-sized thing that I'm very capable of doing that I, I like, uh, yeah, that, that's what I got. Please tell cool. me about OAuth. What, <laughs> I, well, tokens I, well, first I, I yes. will, I, so, so, so the, the quick overview is that refresh tokens are better for security because they don't like a long live token is basically like a password that stays out there forever. Right. Um, so that, that's sort of the, the difference, but I, I'm going to push back on you just like you pushed back on me, which is, yes. uh, what would actually make this? So you feel great now, right? Yeah. What would actually make this happen and uh you know what do you think is going to happen anyway because if i were in your shoes i would feel yeah. great for a little bit and then watch a bunch of youtube videos and then go back to normal yeah, so yeah same question that's a really good question um so i think here's here's a handful of things that i could do that i could do today that i think would drastically improve the chances that this actually gets done i think i can put a sticky note on my monitor that says push, make file inbox serverless. And I think I can uh, look at the workflow of what it takes to get started on the project and make a single bash command uh, and maybe like a, a button on the touch bar that just lowers that friction of like to get started. I push this button and my server is set up and the project is open in Sublime and I have the website open to localhost 3000 uh, and I don't know, maybe I, I have my to-do list, uh, opened up of what the next steps are. And another thing I could do is, uh, set up a redirect from youtube.com to, uh, localhost 3000. Oh, so maybe I, maybe I read, oh man. Okay. This would be really good. If I, if I set up a redirect that like was a smart redirect that could do that previous step. So when I type in youtube.com and hit enter which is just muscle memory of my brain feels itchy and I need to do something. If that instead redirected to localhost 3000 and opened up file inbox in sublime, uh, with the, the to-do list, that would be great. Uh, what else? Um, I'd really like to be hijacking the moments when I get pulled to be doing, uh, social media things of just consuming content. Oh man, I should delete YouTube from my phone. Uh, okay. I'm going to delete YouTube from my phone. And if I can, I'm going to make a fake YouTube app. That's going to be called YouTube <laughs> that when I open it, it's my to-do list for file inbox. Uh, cause that's, I, I, or, or maybe just like, there's a text note that says go on a walk or something. 
I, uh, I had this thought, and it may be a terrible thought, but do you want to do it live right now? Delete YouTube. <laughs> and, uh, deleting YouTube on my phone? I'll, okay, I'll, I'll delete YouTube if, live on my phone. I'm not sure how to do the redirect. If you, if you do that, I will delete Twitter on my phone. Ah, deal. Twitter's right never been a problem for me. I don't know why. Uh, it's, it's my problem. Oh, man. How do I even get to YouTube? Uh, where are we down here? YouTube. And I'm... I can't? Hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Google this is not okay. Yeah. How do you delete YouTube? I just deleted Twitter, so you got to delete YouTube. I don't know how. It's... I usually press and hold on it, and then it lets me... Oh, no. Google, you are not... Oh, <laughs> disable. Okay, here we go. For those of you on the video podcast, I Great. It, and it's disable. It's not... Excellent. Delete, and boop. Uh, what does that say? Disable. Yes, disable app. Boop. It's disabled. What happens if I search YouTube now? That's my main way of getting to this. YouTube. It's YouTube Music and YouTube Studio, so I can't search for it anymore. All right. <laughs> I I might put Twitter back on my phone right after this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> um, but it's gone. Uh, it's gone now. Good. I want to do the same thing for the uh, the Chrome YouTube. I want to I want to redirect Chrome. You, you know what's terrible? I had one Twitter notification when I deleted it. I really want to know what that notification was. <laughs> it was me. It was me saying, "Come on, Chris, we gotta." It may have been. Up that. <laughs> it may have been. That's that's uh, what we should choose to believe. Uh cool. That feels good. And uh, are you convinced? That seems like I'm I'm knocking down a lot of the potential places where i could get sidetracked uh what are what are so so, so yes except a lot of what you suggested requires a lot of work just to not get sidetracked yeah. <laughs> um and so what i would suggest is just do the sticky note first and see how that goes like okay. um all the other things uh sounded like development effort in order to avoid <laughs> distractions from development <laughs> effort so um yeah I, I think those are all neat things to do um but yeah i think sticky notes probably that's what i'm gonna do right after this and i think that's a good idea yeah sounds good i would do it right now but i don't have any sticky notes and i don't, I don't either any i have some in the other room so i'm gonna get those yeah cool all right immediately after this episode i will uh i'll do that i would love to talk about one more kind of fun thing uh the new macbooks got yes. released mere minutes before starting recording this episode i was a little late i'm sorry i was geeking out about the new uh configurations i saw adam wathen tweeted uh oh no i shouldn't tell you about interesting tweets i heard through the grapevine <laughs> that adam wathen may have recently purchased the maxed out just like the the 16 inch uh m1 pro no m1 max, max, is, the, max. is the top one yep yeah with with four terabytes of storage and, and something else uh i'm thinking of getting one uh what are your thoughts have you have you looked at these yet so i looked at it just before this i sp- speed sped watched speed watched the uh the apple event um and uh then i figured out how much it would cost to buy the one i wanted which is forty three hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot of money and um that's as much no, as your I, graphics card that, <laughs> it's, that, that's more than my graphics card yeah yeah <laughs> Um, the, the crazy cool thing about these new ones is that they have integrated graphics it, it's one chip for graphics and cpu and you get all your ram on the same chip so it's 64 gigabytes potentially of graphics ram which is more than my card has right mm. um so they're not it's not nvidia so cuda doesn't work out of the box and so it's still up in the air whether or not you can take full advantage of everything that they're offering but potentially this chip has more ram than my graphics card does which sounds awesome right mm. um anyway <laughs> So what I knew before I priced it was that I wasn't going to buy one because I just bought this one, I don't know, a year or two ago. It's the one just before the M1s. 
it is crazy fast still um everything like i don't notice a lag on anything it has 32 gigs of ram i never run out of ram it doesn't have a graphics card like you know that i wanted so i bought a different graphics card for it yeah I, my computer's fine i'm not gonna buy a new one um but i understand the urge yes i am also on the fence and also in this position of like my laptop is perfectly fine i i edit text is what i do <laughs> right right uh and i do some video editing and sometimes that's slow but it's not it's not significantly holding me up um i have a couple reasons why i think i should buy it uh the first is the last time i bought a laptop it was this m1 that i'm talking to you on right now i had the very clear thought this laptop costs I think it was I think it was fifteen hundred dollars, and it is so much faster than my last laptop. There is a noticeable difference in just everything I do. Every little interaction is just twenty percent faster. And over the course of a day, that makes me this much more productive. And I've never totaled the laptop before. I've never like dropped it in a swamp or something. Uh, so I can sell it at the end of having it for some percentage of what it cost me. If if I spent fifteen hundred dollars for it, I could probably sell it for a thousand. Uh, so amateurized over every day that I'm using it, it costs like a dollar per day and to spend a dollar per day to, for, on something that makes me 20% faster. Absolutely. All day long. Can I do that 10 more times? Um, so like while this laptop is perfectly functional, the, the experiment that I wanted to run the last time I bought this is like, what would it look like if I upgraded before I felt like I needed to, because I feel like if I, if I wait until I feel like I need to it's too late and now I've noticed, whoa, this is so much faster. Uh, that's one thing pushing me in this direction. Another one is uh, my girlfriend needs a new laptop soon. And so she asked me like, what laptop would you recommend? And I said, well, Apple's coming out with new laptops in about a week and I wouldn't recommend that for you, but that would kind of be perfect if I sold you this laptop and then, uh, or just gave it to you. I don't know, it'd be kind of an expensive gift. Uh, and then I, I buy the new one. Uh, that's That's, Reason number two. Um, yeah, so I'll say, oh, go ahead. I There's a third reason, but it's, I'm, I'm still chewing on it. Well, sure. What are you going to say? The second reason I would say is way more interesting and important than the first reason. <laughs> um, the second reason, if you wanted to do that, you know, that, that sounds like a great thing to, to, you know, give your girlfriend and then you can buy a new toy, right? Um, the first reason um, is interesting because... Yes, it might make things more, you know, like more efficient for you or faster. Um, but it's going to take you, like when I bought my this new laptop, it sat for a couple of weeks as I got it, like all, you know, everything loaded and all that stuff yeah, while yeah. I was transitioning off my old laptop. That It took a couple of weeks, like my productivity took a huge hit while mm -hmm. I was getting everything transferred. Um, so consider that. Um, also consider like things might be 10 or 20% faster. You probably won't really realize well you know that the you know you won't recognize the the difference in speed um the reason that i might say that you could update it is if it allowed you to do something that you couldn't do before so mm -hmm. this integrated graphics this huge integrated graphics chip if it actually proves to be really good for machine learning for example then that might mean i could sell my graphics card and buy a new laptop mm -hmm. um and that would be basically a wash financially so yeah. that seems really cool um so stuff like that. So if it allows you to do something new, then that's interesting. But otherwise, like if you're happy with what you have, you know, be happy with what you have. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, ah, those, those are my thoughts. 
I like that. The, 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 the third thought crystallized, which is uh, I'm, I'm also in a similar position. I, uh, during the pandemic, I, I built this monster PC with a, uh, AMD Ryzen 9, I think, and a whole bunch of RAM. And uh, that computer is currently sitting in my garage because yep. I don't yep. need it. Uh, the thing that that would be good at is editing video. And when the N1s came out, uh, all of a sudden it, it was able to just chew through stuff that I was having a, a super hard time doing on uh, my last laptop, which I think was a it was an i7. So I found myself with the narrative of like, oh, if I got the new MacBook, I could sell that computer. But I think what the actual narrative should be is, I should just sell that computer. Like I would be perfectly fine doing that right, <laughs> right. now. <laughs> now I'm yeah. financially ahead instead of like trading money for it. And similarly with uh, my girlfriend needing a computer, like the M1 MacBook Airs, I think are like $900 or $1,000, something mm. ridiculous. Um, I think that would be the, the reasonable financial purchase to, to do in this equation. So I think I'm, I'm going to do a little more specking out <laughs> just just wasting time comparing stuff yep. but yep it's a, it's a form of energy. if i if i can't have youtube i'll have the the apple uh store at apple.com uh and i think what i'm comparing this against is $1000 for getting her a new laptop and then you brought up the transition cost of of switching over um i kind of enjoy that in the same way that i enjoy moving of like it's not it forces me through making hard decisions about the stuff I'm keeping on my computer. And it's nice to do a clean sweep. Uh, and it's it's not like the most productive way to be spending my time immediately, but I find that once I'm in this new environment and once I've once I've forced myself to go through this deep cleaning and creative, created all this space, that's, that's the type of thing that I feel more enlivened by of like, oh man, I have this new machine that's brand new that has only the things that I need on it to do this next project. And while I was setting it up, I added uh, a redirect for the YouTube servers uh, in the HT access file so that I, I can't go to it. So it's really just like, I have recreated this machine for me at this time to do the things that I want. Um, I'm, I, I can I can prime myself to do the work that's most important for me at that moment. Um, and I'm still on the fence. I still don't know. <laughs> I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, to I'm gonna think about it a little more. Yeah. Uh, I thought of a couple of things, which is uh, getting a faster machine is a little bit like increasing typing speed for programmers, mm -hmm. which is, yes, it's important. Like if you type at one word a minute, that's way too slow. But yeah. if you type at, you know, 40 versus 100, it probably doesn't matter that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then the other is like photography gear. So like I buy photography gear not because it makes me a better photographer, but because I want it. <laughs> and right. And there's something to, you know, like better photography gear will produce better photos in the hands of the same person. Right. But the professional can do work with the, the worst gear also. Um, and so it's like, you know, yeah, I, there, there's some tension there. And like, if you want it just because you want it and you have the money and you buy it, like, I'm not going to say that was a bad purchase. I'm like, sure, go ahead and buy it. Yeah. Um, but like, don't think it will make you more productive <laughs> buying a new machine. Yeah, yeah. Realistically, a fifty cent pad of sticky notes is going to improve my productivity more than this several thousand dollar machine. Um, but the answer might be like, buy the things as I know that they'll improve my life. That yes, buy the sticky notes first, but then 
if this is gonna make everything I do faster, maybe do that too. There's also, there's just some little nitpicky things of like, it has one extra USB-C port, which would be so nice. <laughs> oh, and it has an SD card slot and MagSafe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. no touch bar, yeah. which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the touch bar? I feel like it's grown on me, but I wouldn't so, be so sad. So I, I actually wrote down, I actually wrote down touch bar because you talked about a touch bar use, which I never heard before, which is you could do like lots of different things with it. So you said one touch bar thing would launch your to-do list and start your processor. I've never done anything like that with a touch bar. And so my touch bar is, uh, let's see, I can, I can activate it right now. It's volume and screen brightness, and it turns my computer to sleep. And that's all I have on there. (laughs) And I accidentally hit it all the time and it's, I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) So I've minimal, I minimalized the things that are on it and, and, and I still don't like it. So yeah, I would switch out the touch bar in a second. Um, maybe if I was more active in like you know, doing multi-step process things with it, then I would like it better. But right now, I don't like it. The most useful thing I have done with it so far is adding a little feedback countdown timer for my time tracker. Hmm. So right now, I can see I have been involved in the activity of Makers Out There for one hour, ten minutes, and twenty-six seconds, uh, and that just lives on the touch bar all the time. But that doesn't need to live there. That could live in my menu yeah, bar. Taskbar, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a taskbar? What's the top bar I, called? I think it's called a taskbar. I could be wrong. <laughs> menu bar? Yeah, sure. Menu bar. That's a, that's a sort of esoteric fact that uh, <laughs> I feel like I should know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the transition to me won't be won't be difficult. Uh, I have a bunch of pre-programmed buttons on there that I've put there too, and like I don't use them. Uh, I use keyboard shortcuts much more often than I use that because sometimes I'm on the laptop, but most of the time I'm uh, using an external keyboard. So mm. being able to just do keyboard shortcuts is, is much more reliable. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. feel bad about saying goodbye to the touch bar. Yeah. Oh, now, now that we're talking about it, I would almost buy it for the SD card reader and the MagSafe alone. <laughs> like that is, <laughs> Those are my two biggest gripes with this machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. HDMI they brought back too. I was surprised. That's by that. true. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't need my dock anymore for most things. Um, I still need it because my camera and stuff support uh, like USB A, so I still need it for that. But mm. that's true. Mm. Oh man, I just remembered <laughs> one of the main selling points of this machine for me in particular. They doubled the resolution of the webcam, so I would mm. not need this external webcam, which uh, I bought specifically because it was 1080p. I could just go based on the uh, integrated webcam in the in the notch. They added a notch to it. That's interesting. They did, yeah. I don't know. I, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm curious about how Mac OS is going to uh, respond to that. Like, if you have an application that has s- more menu bar items, so it's it's like too wide. It goes all the way to the middle of the screen. Will that yeah. then bump over to the right side of the notch? I guess that's the only thing. It- so- that would be reasonable for it to do. The screenshot I saw showed the notch in the middle of the taskbar or menu bar, whatever we're calling it. Yeah. Um, but I actually hide mine for uh, screen recording purposes. Yeah, um, so yeah, I don't know what it's going to do if you hide it. Mm, I oh, I wonder how screen recording is going to be affected. Hmm, that's interesting. I, you know, I almost always screen record on my second monitor anyway, which doesn't have a notch. So yeah, I don't know. Okay, I wonder if I'll have to uh, crop out the top. Because otherwise, I guess I guess you would have the window going to the top. Because the window, it wouldn't make sense for the window to go. No, right I think there, the yeah, there's... I think the window will just go to the top, and the natural hide whatever's behind the window. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of weird, but yeah. okay. Then screen recording, I guess you'd have to cut off uh, another 
screen recording, I think, would record the whole thing. I think that's how it works in the iPhone. And it just has like a blank space for where the notch is. Hmm. So then when you're producing that, you'd have to crop that out, which, okay, that's fine. Neat. Uh, those are all my notes. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I will see you next week. <laughs>